Section three of Cleek of Scotland Yard by Thomas W. Hanshew. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Prologue The Affair of the Man Who Vanished, Part three. It was ten minutes later. The message had gone its way, and Narkom was back in the lifeboat's shadow again, and close on the bows the lamps of Calais Pier shone yellow in the blue and silver darkness. On the deck below people were bustling about, and making for the place where the gangplank was to be thrust out presently, and link boat and shore together. On the quay customs officials were making ready for the coming inspection, porters were scuttling about in their blue smocks and peaked caps, and back of all the outlines of Calais town loomed shadowy and grim through the crowding gloom. The loneliness of the upper deck offered its attractions to the Mauravanian and to Margot, and in the emptiness of it they met again, within earshot of the lifeboat where Narkom and the boy lay hidden, for one brief word before they went ashore. "'So you have read. You understand how useless it was,' the Mauravanian said, joining her again at the deck-house, where she stood with the crumpled newspaper in her hand. His Majesty's purse cannot be lightened of all that promised sum for any such bungle as this. Speak quickly. Where may we go to talk in safety? I cannot risk it here. I will not risk it in the train. Must we wait until we reach Paris, mademoiselle? Or have you a lair of your own here? I have lairs, as you term them, in half the cities of France, Monsieur le Comte, she answered with a vicious little note of resentment in her voice and I do not work for nothing. No, not I. I paid for my adherence to His Majesty's Prime Minister, and I intend to be paid for my services to His Majesty's self, even though I have this once failed. It must be settled, that question, at once and for all, now, to-night. I guessed it would be like that, he answered with a jerk of his shoulders. Where shall it be, then? Speak quickly. They are making the landing, and I must not be seen talking with you after we go ashore. Where, then? At the inn of the Seven Sinners, on the Kedlom, a gunshot distant. Any gosher will take you there. Is it safe? All my lairs are safe, monsieur. It overhangs the water, and if strangers come, there is a trap with a bolt on the underside. One way to the town and the sewers and forty other inns. The other to a motorboat, always in readiness for instant use. You could choose for yourself, should occasion come. You will not find the place shut. My lairs never are. A password? No, there is none, for any but the Brotherhood. Nor will you need one. You remember old Marie's of the Twisted Arm in Paris? Well, she serves at the Seven Sinners now. I have promoted Madame Serpice to the Twisted Arm. She will know you, will Maurice. Say to her I am coming shortly. She and her maids will raise the roof with joy, and la la, the gangway is out. They are calling all ashore. Look for me and my lads close on your heels when you arrive. Au revoir. Au revoir, he repeated and slipping by went below and made his way ashore. She waited that he might get well on his way, that none might by any possibility associate them, 
then turning went down after him and out to the pier where her crew were already foregathering and when or how she passed the word to them that it was not paris to-night but the inn of the seven sinners neither narkom nor dollops could decide close as they came on after her for she seemed to speak to no one no inn of the seven sinners for you to-night my lady if my friend monsieur ducroix has attended to that wireless message properly muttered narkom as he followed her look sharp dollops and if you see a sergent de ville let me know they've no luggage that lot and besides they're natives so they will pass the customs in a jiffy hello there goes that peddler chap and without his fez or his draperies begad through the customs like a flash the bounder and there go the others too and she after them she by james god where are ducroix and his men why aren't they here looking vainly about for some sign of the chief of police i can't do anything without him here on foreign soil why in heaven's name doesn't the man come maybe he hasn't had time governor maybe he wasn't on hand when the message arrived hazarded dollops it's not fifteen minutes all told since it was dispatched so if there she goes there she goes past and through the customs in a wink the jezebel interposed narkom in a fever of excitement as he saw margot go by the inspector at the door and walk out into the streets of the city lord if she slips me now she shan't cut in dollops jerking down his hat-brim and turning up his collar wait here till the cops come i'll nip out after her and see where she goes like as not the cops will know the place when you mention it but if they don't watch out for me i'll come back and lead em then he moved hurriedly forward past the inspector and was gone in a twinkling for ten wretched minutes after he too had passed the customs and was at liberty to leave narkom paced up and down and fretted and fumed before a sound of clanking sabres caught his ear and looking round he saw monsieur ducroix enter the place at the head of a detachment of police he hurried to him and in a word made himself known ten million pardons monsieur but i was absent when the message shall be delivered exclaimed ducroix in broken english i shall come and shall bring my men as soon as he shall be received monsieur who shall it be this great criminal you demand of me to arrest is he here no no a moment ducroix do you know a place called the inn of the seven sinners perfectly it is but a stone's throw distant on the kid long come with me to it then i'll make you the most envied man in france ducroix i'll deliver into your hands that witch of the underworld margot the queen of the apaches ducroix's face lit up like a face transfigured monsieur he cried that woman you can give me that woman you know her you can recognize her but yes i remember you shall have her in your hands once in your own country but she shall slip you as she shall slip everybody she won't slip you then i promise you that said narkom reward and glory both shall be yours i have followed her across the channel ducroix i know where she is to be found for a certainty she is at the inn of the seven sinners just take me there and i'll turn the jezebel over to you ducroix needed no urging 
the prospect of such a capture made him fairly beside himself with delight in twenty swift words he translated this glorious news to his men setting them as wild with excitement as he was himself then with a sharp come monsieur he turned on his heel and led the breathless race for the goal halfway down the narrow ink-black street that led to the inn they encountered dollops pelting back at full speed come on governor come on all of you he broke out as he came abreast of them she's there they're all there kicking up meg's diversion sir and singing and dancing like mad and sir he's there too the peddler chap i see him come up and sneak in with the rest come on this way all of you if they had merely run before they all but flew now for this second assurance that margot the great and long sought-for margot was actually within their reach served to spur every man to outdo himself so that it was but a minute or two later when they came in sight of the inn and bore down upon it in a solid phalanx and then just then when another minute would have settled everything the demon of mischance chose to play them a scurvy trick all they knew of it was that an apache coming out of the building for some purpose of his own looked up and saw them then faced round and bent back in the doorway that of a sudden a very tornado of music and laughter and singing and dancing rolled out into the night and that when they came pounding up to the doorway the fellow was lounging there serenely smoking and inside his colleagues were holding a revel wild enough to wake the dead in the winking of an eye he was carried off his feet and swept on by this sudden inrush of the law the door clashed open the little slatted barrier beyond was knocked aside and the police were pouring into the room and running headlong into a spinning mass of wild dancers the band ceased suddenly as they appeared the dancers cried out as if in a panic of alarm and at ducroix's commanding surrender in the name of the law a fat woman behind the bar flung up her arms and voiced a despairing shriek so love misfortune for what monsieur for what she cried it is no sin to laugh and dance we break no law my customers and i what is it you want that you come in upon us like this ah oh, what indeed not anything that could be seen a glance round the room showed nothing and no one but these suddenly disturbed dancers and of margot and the mauravanian never a sign monsieur began ducroix turning to narkom whose despair was only too evident and who in company with dollops was rushing about the place pushing people here and there looking behind them looking in all the corners and generally deporting themselves after the manner of a couple of hounds endeavouring to pick up a lost scent monsieur shall it be an error then narkom did not answer of a sudden however he remembered what had been said of the trap and pushing aside a group of girls standing over it found it in the middle of the floor here it is this is the way she got out he shouted bolted by james bolted on the underside up with it up with it the jezebel got out this way but though ducroix and dollops aided him and they pulled and tugged and tugged and pulled they could not 
budge it one inch monsieur no what madness he is not a trap no he is not a trap at all protested old marise it is but a square where the floor broke and was mended mother of misfortune it is nothing but that what response narkom might have made was checked by a sudden discovery huddling in a corner feigning a drunken sleep he saw a man lying with his face hidden in his folded arms it was the peddler he pounced on the man and jerked up his head before the fellow could prevent it or could dream of what was about to happen here's one of them at least he cried and fell to shaking him with all his force here's one of margot's pals du croix you shan't go empty-handed after all a cry of consternation fluttered through the gathering as he brought the man's face into view evidently they were past masters of the art of acting these apaches for one might have sworn that every man and every woman of them was taken aback by the fellow's presence mother of miracles who shall the man be exclaimed marise monsieur i know him not i have not seen him in all my life before cochon speak up who are you that you come in like this and get a respectable widow in trouble dog eh the man made a motion first to his ears then to his mouth then fell to making movements in the sign language but spoke never a word la la he is a deaf mute monsieur said ducroix he hears not and speaks not poor unfortunate oh doesn't he said narkom with an ugly laugh he spoke well enough a couple of hours back i promise you my young friend here and i heard him when he paid off the fisherman who had carried him over to dover just before he sneaked aboard the packet to come back with margot and the mauravanian the eyes of the apaches flew to the man's face with a sudden keen interest which only they might understand but he still stood wagging his great head either drunkenly or idiotically and pointing to ears and mouth lay hold of him run him in said narkom whirling him across into the arms of a couple of stalwart sergents de ville i'll go before the magistrate and lay a charge against him in the morning that will open your eyes when you hear it one of a bloodthirsty dynamiting crew the dog lay fast hold of him don't let him get away on your lives god to have lost that woman to have lost her after all it was a sore blow certainly but there was nothing to do but to grin and bear it for to seek margot at any of the inns which might communicate with the sewer trap or to hunt for her and a motor-boat on the dark water's surface was in very truth like looking for a needle in a haystack and quite as hopeless he therefore decided to go for the rest of the night to the nearest hotel and waiting only to see the peddler carried away in safe custody and promising to be on hand when he was brought up before the local magistrate in the morning took dollops by the arm and dejectedly went his way the morning saw him living up to his promise and long before the arrival of the magistrate or indeed before the night's harvest of prisoners was brought over from the lock-up and thrust into the three little detention rooms below the court he was there with dollops and ducroix 
observing with wonder that groups of evil-looking fellows of the apache breed were hanging round the building as he approached and that later on others of the same kidney slipped in and took seats in the little courtroom and kept constantly whispering one to the other while they waited for the morning session to begin gawd's truth governor look at em the old blessed place is alive with the banders whispered dollops what do you think they're up to sir making a rush and setting the peddler free when he comes up before the beak there's twenty of em waiting round the door if there's one narkom made no reply the arrival of the magistrate focused all eyes on the bench and riveted his attention with the rest the proceedings opened with all the trivial cases first the night sweep of the dragnet drunks and disorderlies vagrants and pariahs one by one these were brought in and paid their fines and went their way unheeded for this part of the morning's proceedings interested nobody not even the apaches the list was dragged through monotonously the last blear-eyed sot a hideous cadaverous monkey-faced wretch whose brutal countenance sickened narkom when he shambled up in his filthy rags had paid his fine and gone his way and there remained now but a case of attempted suicide to be disposed of before the serious cases began this latter occupied the magistrate's time and attention for perhaps twenty minutes or so then that too was disposed of and then a voice was heard calling out for the unknown man arrested last night at the inn of the seven sinners to be brought forward in an instant a ripple of excitement ran through the little court the apache fraternity sat up within and passed the word to the apache fraternity without and these stood at attention close-lipped dark-browed eager like human tigers waiting for the word to spring every eye was fixed on the door through which that pretended mute should be led in but although others had come at the first call he came not even at the second and the magistrate had just issued an impatient command for the case to be called yet a third time when there was a clatter of hasty footsteps and the keeper of the detention rooms burst into the court pale as a dead man and shaking in every nerve monsieur le juge he cried out extending his two arms soul of misfortunes how shall i tell he is not there he is gone he is escaped that unknown one when i shall unlock the room and call for jean lamarot the drunkard at the case before last there shall come out of the dimness to me what i shall think is he and i shall bring him here and he shall be fine and dismissed but monsieur he shall not be jean lamarot after all i shall go now and call for the unknown and i shall get no answer i shall go in and make up the place light and there he shall be that real jean lamarot stripped of his clothes choked to unconsciousness alone on the floor and the other shall have paid his fine and gone a great cry went up a wild confusion filled the court the apaches within rose and ran with the news to the apaches without and these joining forces scattered and ran through the streets in the direction the escaped prisoner had been seen to take but through it all narkom sat there squeezing his hands together and laughing 
in little shaking gusts that had a heart-throb wavering through them, for to him this could mean but one thing. "'Cleek!' he said, leaning down and shrilling a joyous whisper into Dollops' ear. "'But one man in all the world could have done that thing. But one man in all the world would have dared. It was he. It was Cleek. God bless his bully soul!' "'Amen, sir,' said Dollops, swallowing something. Then he rose at Narkom's bidding and followed him outside. A minute later, a gamin brushing against them put out a grimy hand and said whiningly, "'Boulogne, monsieur, quai des anges, third house back from the waterside, in time for the noon boat across to Folkestone. Give me two francs, please. The monsieur said you would if I said that to you when you came out.' The two francs were in his hand almost as he ceased speaking, and in less than a minute later a fiacre was whirling Narkom and Dollops off to the railway station and the next outgoing train to Boulogne. It was still short of midday when they arrived at the Quai des Anges and made their way to the third house back from the waterside, a little tavern with a toy garden in front and a sort of bowered arcade behind and there, under an almond-tree, with a cigarette between his fingers and a bunch of flowers in his buttonhole, they came upon him at last. "'Governor! Oh, God bless you, Governor! Is it really you again?' said Dollops, rushing up to him like a girl to a lover. "'Yes, it is really I,' he answered with one of his easy laughs. Then he rose and held out his hand as Narkom advanced and for a moment or two they stood there, palm in palm, saying not one word, making not one sound. "'Nearly did for me, my overzealous friend,' said Cleek after a time. "'I could have kicked you when you turned up with that lot at the Seven Sinners. Another ten minutes, and I'd have had that in my hands which would have compelled His Majesty of Mauravania to give Irma his liberty, and to abdicate in his consort's favour. "'But you came, you dear old blunderer, and when I looked up and recognised you, well, let it pass. I was on my way back to London when I chanced to see Count Valdemar on watch beside the gangway of the Calais packet. He had slipped me, the hound slipped me in Paris, and I saw my chance to run him down. God, it was a close squeak, that, when you let those Apaches know that I had just crossed over from this side and had gone aboard the packet because I saw Valdemar.' They guessed, then. I couldn't speak there, and I dared not speak in the court. They were there on every hand, inside the building and out, awaiting to knife me the instant they were sure. I had to get out. I had to get past them. And voila! He turned and laid an affectionate hand on Dollop's shoulder, and laughed softly and pleasantly. New place all right, old chap? "'Garden doing well, and all my traps in shipshape order, eh?' "'Yes, sir. God bless you, sir. Everything, sir. Everything.' "'Good lad. Then we'll be off to them. My holiday is over, Mr. Narkom, and I'm going back into harness again. You want me, I see, and I said I'd come if you did. Give me a few days' rest in old England, dear friend, and then out with your riddles, and I'm your man again.'
End of section three.